You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi, folks, and welcome to episode 74 of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. This is the show for October 2019, and I'm your host, Bart Bouchotts. Joining me today, I have a panel who are small in number, but large in geographic spread, and more importantly, large in quality. So um, let's let's start close by Simon. Uh, well, actually, I should say Simon Parnell from the Essential Apple Podcast. Thank you very much for joining in, especially given the fact that you've you've had to do some emergency mic chicanery just to be heard at all. So I really appreciate all the effort you've gone through today. Well, that's fine. I'll try not to get too loud because um, it seems I might peak a bit otherwise. But yeah, uh, yeah glad to be here. And well, given that this is an Apple show, we should say that your your podcasting mic had an unfortunate encounter with a foot. Um, so you're actually using the earbuds from your iPhone. And frankly, I think it says a lot about the iPhone that you, you sound really quite good. Uh, well, actually, I'm using uh, a slightly older pair of um, AirPods, uh, not AirPods, earbuds, uh, whatever they call them, um, connected directly to my Mac via the headphone socket. So they're not even the newer ones. but uh... I think they sound good. And then... Yeah. From the other side completely of me, so I'm in Ireland, so from the other side, across the entire Atlantic Ocean and then across the entire continent of America, we are joined through the magic of the internet by Linda Goucher. Hi, Linda. Hello, Bart. Great to be here. I am delighted to have you with us on one of the four months of the year when I really, really need your help. (laughs) Well, I think you do a better job when I'm not here than you give yourself credit for. Yes, but so. it's entirely because you have educated me, and I do remember at least half of what you tell me. <laughs> Very good. Very so, good. Over time, you know, half and a half and a half. I'll never quite get there, but I'll, you know, I'm, I'm approaching it asymptotically, I guess. You're you're doing better listening to me than I am listening to you. I have many technical things to learn. <laughs> I do my best to help, but I can anyway. Um, let us get stuck into a few quick little follow-ups before we dig into five main stories for this month. Um, it's been a busy month. Um, so we've talked, or we will be talking, I am sure, for a long time about Spotify and Apple's ongoing fight with each other, you know, in the European Union in particular, that's kind of coming to a head. But uh, one of the changes brought about by iOS 13 was support for third-party music apps, Um both in CarPlay and in terms of Siri. Uh, Well, Spotify have made use of those newly available APIs and they have Siri support, CarPlay support and Apple TV support for their music service. So that at least is a positive development. Um, It feels like forever that we have been saying that Apple are going to move production to India so they can open Indian Apple stores. Well, the iPhone XR has apparently started to roll off Indian production lines, and apparently they're about ready to start rolling iPhone 11s off those production lines too. Um, I guess that may help very slightly in the other story that will rumble on for quite some time, which is the US-China trade war. At the moment... Although there's no white smoke yet, at the moment, everyone's making happy noises. So at the moment, the tariffs would appear to be en route to be delayed. 
however, Apple have nonetheless formally applied for tariff exemptions for the iPhone, the Apple Watch, and their AirPods. Yeah, that's a smart move for Apple. This is a significant, significant story for Apple's financials and Apple stock. Yeah. I'll just leave it leave it there for now. We, we, we hold that thought, as they say, because we will most certainly <laughs> yes. be back there. In fact, I've intentionally moved the Apple earnings call as the last story because, frankly, pretty much everything else we talk about is going to feed into those financials that we got at the very end of October. Um, so that's sort of why I've structured the show the way I have. Um, just a few notable numbers to just very quickly mention before we move into the bigger stories. Um, Piper Jaffrey do this thing where they talk to a bunch of US teenagers every year to figure out what they think, basically what their tech views are. What are they planning to buy? What do they have now? Um, the iPhone has historically done very well with American teenagers and it continues to do so. Having now, The way the headlines were written all over the place was, you know, the highest ever which is true, going up from 82% who own an iPhone to 83% who own an iPhone. So it's hardly, you know, a major boom. But anyway, it's it's a very good statistic. And probably more heartening is the statistic that 86% of them would like their next phone to be an iPhone. So it might even go up to 84 next year. Who knows? <laughs> Um, to be honest, this isn't really a, you know, this is more of a no change, but that is in itself worthy of noting, I think. I, the only thing I have to say about that really is um, it's not particularly surprising to me that teens are very heavily into the iPhone. Um, and I think to some extent there's a, a certain level that parents are prepared to um, back their teens in, you know, having fairly expensive phones. It, I think often you'll find that when people move into their twenties and have to start paying for it themselves, is sometimes when they uh, fall away um, to other options. I wonder do the parental controls that Apple are so good at providing play into this discussion, or is it simply the cool factor? I I think it's more to do with. Uh, a, a combination of the cool factor and um mm. i mean iMessage is a huge a huge huge draw i i mm. iMessage is massively underestimated um i think the very fact that you you can message anybody with another iphone basically for free from anywhere anytime is a huge thing uh particularly with teens who often spend their whole you know Let's face it, I've seen my teen daughters sitting next to each other, texting each other. Oh, that's so the done thing. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, I did, that, um, Google and a whole bunch of others are trying to get onto this, was it RCS uh, system? Yeah, I don't think RCS is going anywhere. Um, no, that's a whole different thing. But the, what they're attempting to do there is to tackle the dominance of iMessage. But that's an American thing, because in Ireland, the dominance is WhatsApp is the the place everyone is, not not iMessage. And, and China mm. has their own as uh, well. See no Weibo, isn't it? Uh, no, Weibo. So. WeChat, isn't it? WeChat. WeChat. So see no Weibo is one of their drop-in replacements. One of their things, yeah. And maybe anyway, the Twitter replacement. Oh, I'm making such an idiot of myself. Anyway. I don't know. I don't know either. But I know they have their own. They have their own, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I guess that from a, you know, looping back to, to what will be our last story, the main point is if this if this number had changed dramatically, that would be very noteworthy. And if next year's projection, if the plan to buy number had changed, that would be very noteworthy. The fact that yet again, year after year, this number is remaining steady is a sigh of relief for Apple, I guess. Yeah. It would be yeah. very interesting for me to see, um, because this is just U.S. teens, and now mm. uh, the Americas is Apple's largest market, but still it would be very interesting to see EU and also, um, you know, China and some other some other geographical areas. EU but would be I very dirty rate. data, Linda, because the EU is extremely variable. Um, and Samsung have a very strong grip over certain countries, uh, particularly countries like Belgium, where there is a law against bundling. You cannot give someone a discounted price on a handset if you're a cell phone carrier. It is illegal. So in mm-hmm. Belgium, you have to buy your phone outright. And that hampers the iPhone a lot. Still, it would be interesting to see what teens would like. You know, maybe not intention to buy, Galaxies. but just to look at that. You know what I'm Okay, mm, but it Galaxies. would be interesting to see trends, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah, is absolutely. Is that steady? Yeah. Is it what, you know, I'm always into more financial data. Yeah, so. what, I, what I think basically what you would need is UK numbers, Germany numbers, France numbers, and then maybe yeah. rest of EU. Okay, all right. Because it, it, it's, it's like the EU is not a homogeneous place. At right. all, at all, at all. No, not, not at all. Um, right. This is pu- this is purely like anecdotal evidence, but amongst uh, my daughters, my and my daughters are fifteen and nearly nineteen. Um, the iPhone is king, you know, yeah. amongst their amongst their peer group. Um, right. I would say that that it was probably ninety percent plus on iPhones of one type or another. People would rather have an older iPhone um, than right. a newer Android, um, right? Yeah, but that's purely amongst my daughters. Well, they have good taste, obviously. Set. <laughs> well, and a father who's obsessed with Apple, but you know, they're, yeah, yeah. they're not rebelling too <laughs> but, much. But their 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 friends are all you know, yeah. They all would prefer to have um, an iPhone, and if they can't have the latest iPhone, they would rather have. You know, a lesser iPhone than um, a, a newer Android. That's right. interesting. Okay, um, another number that caught my eye um, is that uh, Sensor Tower, their latest data, they track apps on iOS and other platforms, um, but they have seen a revenue increase of almost a quarter to $21.9 billion in 2019 Q3. That, again, is a sign of a very healthy Apple ecosystem where people continue to either subscribe to apps or pay for apps. But either way, developers are getting a very healthy chunk of economy here. And that can only be a good thing. Well, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One third of Apple Store customers are now using Apple's trade-in program. So in terms of Apple's attempts at dealing with their lack of repairability through recycling that would appear to be progress so i'm sure lisa jackson likes those numbers but would like that to go from one third to a half to two thirds to three quarters you know keep getting higher and higher but nonetheless one third is i would say good progress because it used to be zero pretty much so yeah that is true and the last story i have here is only here because it made me actually genuinely lull um 
<laughs> Apple Pay have raced to first place in mobile payments in the United States, but because the United States payment industry is such a unique and interesting place, they did not pass a bank or Google Pay or anything even vaguely guessable. No, no, Apple passed Starbucks to become the number one mobile payment system in the United States. Starbucks is more organized than American banks. <laughs> Why does that no, not surprise me? Yes, it's, it's, it's a long-running well, thing of mine. You guys still have, like, magnetic <laughs> strips. You still exactly. have what? And magnetic oh, yeah. stripes. Magnetic strips and, 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 and signing and things, you know. They haven't even got into the pin age, which we are now all abandoning as not you know, secure enough, and the American banks are only now adopting it. It's like, right, yeah, but it's, apparently in America you can have chip without a pin that you sign for. Correct. <laughs> no, that's correct, because that's what we do. I don't have any pins, because I don't do debit, uh, you know, uh, well, I don't do is, we have chip debit and, accounts at all. But chip and pin is for everything. Right, well, yeah, that's, yeah, I think I, I may have run into that, into a problem in London using Apple Pay for that reason. I, somehow I got flummoxed on Apple Pay um, on the underground in, in, the, in London. So, oh. yeah, don't ask me why. But, Interesting. Yeah, it's quite different. Anyway, um, one quick visit to the legal latest land. Um, a story that has been rumbling on for so long, and I first started talking about it on the International Mac podcast. The University of Wisconsin has been very, very busy suing Apple over various patents that it sort of holds as a, frankly, as a patent troll funding itself. Um, And that case rumbled on and rumbled on. Apple lost and then Apple appealed and then Apple won an appeal. And then the University of Wisconsin appealed to the Federal Circuit Court and the Federal Circuit Court agreed with Apple and overturned the original ruling. So they then asked the Supreme Court if they could please have a look-see, and the Supreme Court went, eh, eh, which means that the Federal Circuit Court ruling stands, which means Apple win, which means this case is finally over. I do not believe there is anywhere else they can appeal to. I think it is actually done. Dead. Dead. Yes. So, so, work in it. Yeah, one case yeah. I can cross off. It almost never happens. Um, in terms of Apple HR news, just a quick mention, Apple have hired another high-profile cardiologist. So they're clearly still going on the whole health thing. And they've also been um, hard at work promoting people. They have five new executive vice presidents. Um, so these are just basically people who are at Apple whose title has now been upgraded, right? It's not that they're hiring in new people. It's just that they're promoting people to the rank of VP, which is, I guess, good for them. And a sign that the company's growing if they need more VPs, I guess. Well, also to put to get put uh, some people sort of in the flow in the chain of people moving up, given that some of the some of the big names have walked away or have left. Yes, that's true actually, because you do need to have them flowing up as well. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's a healthy sign, I guess. Yes. Okay, so our five main stories for the day. The first will be Apple, Apple's China problem. Then we're going to jump on to what I'm calling patch early and patch often. Um, and then we're going to have a little look at some uh, headphones, ironically. Uh, and then a look at Apple TV. And then finally, we're going to talk about the earnings call. So we have quite a bit to get through, so we don't necessarily have to spend an age on each story. Uh, but really... Apple and China has really made the news in October and not for any 
single story, although the hkmap.live is probably the biggest story, but it was by no means the only China-related story. So I suppose we'll start with the facts and then we can go into the, the opinion stuff. So there is an app called hkmap.live. It is a web app and they tried to make an iOS version and they submitted it to the App Store and it was initially rejected from the App Store. And then they complained and Apple changed their mind and let it into the App Store. And then the Chinese government got excruciatingly cranky because what this app did, I forgot to say, is that it showed the real, it was crowdsourced location on protests and police in Hong Kong. And that obviously has very innocent uses, as in avoiding a riot, and arguably uninnocent uses, um, finding a riot to go take part in. (laughs) Or finding police to chuck a brick at. Or finding police to chuck a brick at, or finding places to go burgle because all the police are over there dealing with a riot. Um, So Mm. it is... It, I would say it is a an amoral rather than an immoral app. It is neither good nor bad. It simply is. But anyway, I'm getting into opinion now. So Apple said, yes, you're allowed in after all. Then the Chinese state media were very cranky. The Hong Kong police were very cranky. And the Hong Kong government were very cranky. And um, there was apparently some backroom back and forth. Apple went, actually, no, we're removing the app because we have received credible information that the app is being used to attack police and that it's illegal. Um, So Tim Cook wrote a company-wide memo, Apple removed the app. Then lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of people all over the planet got very, very cranky. Um, We have seven bipartisan lawmakers in the US. We have a Hong Kong lawmaker... Uh, we have um, AOC jumped on board. Ted Cruz, there's quite the contrast. AOC and Ted Cruz, but they both jumped on board. Lots and lots of big kerfuffle. While all that was going on then, there was another giganto big storm in a teacup because someone decided to creatively read Apple's terms of service and decide that it was conceivably possible that the terms of service could be read in such a way that Apple have given themselves permission to send all of your browsing data to Tencent. Right. If you want the detailed story, I talked about it with Alison in great technical detail on a Security Bits installment over on the Nocilla cast. The bottom line is, no, not happening. Your browsing data isn't being sent even to Google. That's not how the blacklisting works. This is a, a blacklist of known malicious sites that Safari checks against. It Safari doesn't send the stuff to the provider of the blacklist. It's the other way around. And if you're in China, the blacklist used is the Tencent blacklist because the Google blacklist is not available in China. But again, the data isn't sent to Tencent. Tencent send the blacklist to the browser. So it's literally backwards to think about it going the other way. It's not how it works. The protocol is designed so that that's not how it works. So there's no there there, zero there, none story. But because in involved China and because it was happening at the same time as the HKMap.live everyone just piled on, which sort of illustrates one of the points here. Apple were then also forced to remove the Quartz News app from the Chinese app store because the Chinese government said, nah, and Apple obey the law, therefore yoik. And probably in an example of the worst possible timing to be seen cozying up to the Chinese government, uh, Tim Cook was named chairman of Chinese Qingdao University School of Economics and Management. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that was a sort of um, rather mistimed, mistimed, or yeah. 
unfortunate. Yes. Unfortunate timing, perhaps. Yes. And then we had some unsubstantiated rumours, which I want to stress are unsubstantiated rumours, and I wouldn't normally include unsubstantiated rumours in this show, but nonetheless, the fact that they exist highlights a point. Uh, apparently, Apple told their TV Plus content creators not to be mean to China. Apparently. So it is rumoured without any substantiation. <laughs> yeah. So, on the whole, lots of people very cranky at Apple. And I think, without before I put my opinion hat on, I think it is objectively fair to say Apple is stuck between a rock and a hard place and they actually cannot win. Exactly what I was about to say. That's the devil in the deep blue sea. Cannot, you know, uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, because situation. I was thinking about this a lot, and my initial thought was, oh, if only Apple had a time machine. They could go back in time and never go into China. But then, <laughs> that wouldn't help at all, because then everyone is saying, but you're leaving all this money on the table, you have to go into China. And then all of these problems would be in the abstract instead of in the concrete, and everyone would be down playing them and saying, no, 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 it wouldn't be that bad at all. I mean, isn't it much better for the Chinese people to have... Apple having to do the absolute minimum possible to get away, you know, to not get thrown out of the country versus, you know, Chinese companies proactively engaging with the Chinese government and doing as much as they can to help. I mean, wouldn't it be better to have Apple there, you know, dragging their heels? And those self-same people now are completely against Apple for doing what they would have said Apple should be doing. I mean, it's, I think they're damned if they do, they're damned if they don't, and they're damned if they never had. Yeah. <laughs> it might, they might. So, so I'll, I'll give you a radically different way of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. The, um, and, and, and everyone will laugh, okay. but um, if take the same time machine and go into the future instead of the past. Okay. If the people on this planet decide to get along and to not hate one another, and to allow economic prosperity again, which mm-hmm. we might do with something closer to closer to free trade than we have at the moment, mm-hmm. uh, there might be a lot of human beings on the entire planet that would be better off. And should mm-hmm. such a thing happen, uh, such uh, such an incredibly optimistic scenario, <laughs> then then Apple would look very smart instead of very stupid. So it's very. I mean, that's not the mood right now. Everyone is, you know, here in the U.S., the Republicans hate the Democrats, the Democrats hate the Republicans, um, rural people hate the people in the cities. And you, look, I'm not going to even, should I mention UK and what's going on there? So uh, I think we might have heard about it, Linda. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> no, 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 no. so, so you have all this upset really worldwide. I, mm. I still attribute Uh, give some credit for the current situation to Mr. Putin. Um, But nonetheless, he's not the only catalyst. Um, So that's happening worldwide. If we go through another scenario when we're not so hostile to one another based on being whatever Chinese or Muslim or uh, whatever Republican, um, then, then Apple might actually look smart in retrospect. And, Really, the most likely avenue to having there be more cooperation between the different countries is, frankly, more trade. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Money makes the world go round. 
Yes, it does. It does. And when the money even stops in, flowing, it becomes much, even much in easier. Comi- even in communist countries, money makes the world go round. Take well, it from me. China's only communist because they call themselves that, right? It's, 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 it's a long-running joke within Chinese bureaucrats that communism is what we say it is. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. yeah China, Chinese communism is um, Chinese communism. Um, yeah, it's like dwarf planet. It's not a planet. It's a dwarf planet. Chinese communism uh, isn't communism. It's Chinese communism. Chinese communism is um, somewhere between communism and classic Chinese bureaucracy with a uh, communist face. (laughs) And an awful, awful, awful lot of naked capitalism. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, there's a... There's a famous joke, isn't there, about uh, Chinese bureaucrats, which is if you never wish to become in trouble with the Chinese bureaucracy, every time they write you a letter, reply, because that then goes to the bottom of the inbox. And by the time it gets to the top, they write you a letter and you send them a reply and you go back to the bottom of the inbox and you never actually get anywhere. I think that works for every civil service. (laughs) Yeah, I've watched enough Yes Minister to know that works in the UK too. I'm sure it probably does, but this is apparently a very famous Chinese sort of proverb as such. Yes. Anyway. An I just wanted to add, as an mm-hmm. economic system, China is clearly very capitalist. I'll just yes. leave it there. With massive yeah. inequality. Like the, the, a rich person in China is very, very rich. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, there is a... I'm not going to... I'm not sure to... <laughs> I mean, it's complicated, right? Because there is also a program to proactively get rid of extreme poverty. And they're not quite at 100%, but I believe they're in the high 90s now at, at eradicating extreme poverty. So it is it is complicated. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not sure the US, um, it would be interesting to compare income inequality in the two countries. Well, the US, as a, as a Western country goes, the US is very extreme. Right, looking at it from this side of the Atlantic, you you guys do inequality in a way that extremely well. Yeah, that we don't expect from you know. Yeah, they do. The U.S. does inequality very well indeed. Yeah, that's probably the best way to master it. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't really know what more we can say because I don't. I have long said that Apple have zero choice when it comes to following the laws in a country. And anyone who thinks Apple should break the laws in some foreign country, just imagine what you would do if Apple broke the laws in your country. And if you think that's uh, okay, okay, then you have a point. But I don't think you um, do think that's okay. I, I think a, a better way to put that would be, uh, think how you would feel if Apple broke the laws in your country because the Chinese government asked them to. <laughs> actually completely mirrored it around yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, that that is what you're saying you know we, we should be you know apple should break the law in china because america or the uk or the eu parliament think they should uh, the thing is, it's not the politicians it's but it's never the politicians making that argument simon that, that that's an argument <laughs> that comes from the Twitter, from the Twitterverse, not from well, the uh, you of know, well, we all know about the Twitterverse, don't we? It's full of people like me shouting into the void. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> lawmakers so, tend not to be in favour of breaking laws because they know exactly and, uh, how it will go, and they're 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 afraid of WeChat coming into the US and stomping all over their laws. Uh, precisely, precisely. Um, the only thing I would 
like to say about this um, whole, particularly the Hong Kong part, mm-hmm. um, is when I looked into it, and as far as I could tell, um, obviously Apple uh, rejected the app. The app makers complained. Apple accepted the app. Um, a lot of people are making out that ch- it was China directly who then said to Apple, uh, no, you should, you know, pull it. Actually, that's not true. China itself, because the whole China, Hong Kong, America slash rest of the world thing is actually quite a delicate thing in and of itself. There's a there's a weird delicate kind of... It's a nice way to put it, yeah. Well, there's a, there's a very strange dynamic between Hong Kong and China and the rest of the world. So it was, in fact, actually the Hong Kong legislature who complained. Yes, um, but... And the Chinese were particularly were, like, hands-off. Um, yeah, okay, yes, because... the Chinese government were hands-off, but Chinese state media were uh, not hands-off. No, the state media were not hands-off at all. But it they was are just a mouthpiece. Like, I mean, you can argue yeah. that Fox News is a mouthpiece of the Republican Party, but in China, it's not an <laughs> argument. You, you, there's no, no arguing it. Like, state media is state media in China. <laughs> state media does what the... Yeah, I know. But, you know, it is, I know it's a technicality, but interestingly, of course, the Hong Kong legislature have their own thing that they are technically not directly controlled by mainland China. Except um, they and, get to appoint effectively uh, yeah, Carrie Lam. I'm trying to remember her title. And this is, of course, this is, of course, part of the whole... Uh, reason that the you know there are demonstrations in Hong Kong because the people it's uh, well at least the protesters in Hong Kong. Let's not dig ourselves into any you know uh, political camps. Say that they would like to choose their own <laughs> representatives for the Hong Kong legislature. Uh, the whole thing's you know politically incredibly messy, and uh, as we've just said, uh, you know, Apple are. Damned if they do, damned if they don't. And between a rock and a hard place with China, Hong Kong and the whole mess, really, and, I mean, can't to, win. To give you an idea of what a strange place it is, so the, the term for this unique system of government is one country, two systems. And mm. the people with a more British point of view stress the two systems. And the people with a more Beijing point of view stress the one country. And that literally, exactly. that is literally the well words said. they're using, that they think the one country should be more important. Well um, said. Well said. And, and I was I, I was trying to think of the phrase. Well, that, that is a uh, phrase. It's it's uh, no no that's no that's the that's the Hong Kong phrase. I'd be backing off to the thing about Chinese communism. Um, it is I what believe, we say it is. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but I believe the Chinese government actually refer to it as communism with the Chinese face or. Something oh, there is. The, you're right. There is. There is a nice way of saying it. The other thing to say is that the name of the person who runs Hong Kong is not like prime minister or chief minister or president. It's chief executive. Mm. Because Hong Kong is all about business. Indeed. Anyway, I, I think I'm going to move us on because we have yes, a lot to yeah, talk about. Yeah. So last time we mentioned that Apple had a fairly rocky rollout of iOS 13. Well, that didn't cease just because the month of September ceased. That continued into October and continued across multiple operating systems. 
So in October, we were introduced to iOS 13.2, which we'll talk about in a bit. That had some bugs. And macOS Catalina, 10.15 Catalina, marched into view. And it too came with many bugs and has had many updates. And there's also been updates to HomePod since. There's been updates to Apple TV since. There's been updates to the Apple Watch since. It's patch early and patch often is is definitely what I've been thinking. So much so that on the Irish radio news at five past eight in the morning, there was an article about how everyone was cranky in Apple for doing so many updates and for releasing such a buggy OS. If it makes not the business news, not the tech news, the news news, in yes, <laughs> you know you might have upset some people. Yeah. yeah. So, and I say Apple released Catalina. That is true, but they didn't even release everything they promised because iCloud Drive folder sharing is not in this release. It's coming in spring. Uh, the move from iTunes to separate apps has had some rather unexpected side effects for DJs who rely on the old XML file that iTunes used to manage, uh, basically to interface with iTunes for the DJ software. And that went away with Apple Music and Apple went, oh, we'll get you a fix at some stage. Um, now, since that story broke, uh, Serato, who are apparently a very big company in this whole DJ thing, they make two apps called DJ Pro and DJ Lite, which sound like important apps for DJing. And they have... I released an update which apparently is compatible with Catalina and does work as needed for DJ. So I guess that's progress. Um, then the first version of Catalina had a bug in Apple Mail where it would randomly delete some emails, but that's been fixed in 10.15.1. And there was also some issues with external GPUs, which I believe have also been fixed. And in fact, there's been support added for some additional GPUs. Then we had scattered reports of EFI firmware issues physically bricking some Macs, as in actually bricking, and uh, not many, but when any of this happens, if your EFI firmware gets its, you know what, in a bunch, then you actually need a new Mac. So I don't think this this was like a teeny, weeny, 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 tiny percentage, but any amount of that is probably too much. Uh, there's been supplemental updates to the updates. Um Catalyst then also hasn't been particularly well received by developers. Apparently the APIs are quite buggy. The APIs are quite incomplete. And all in all, developers are not feeling a whole lot of love for Catalyst as it stands. They basically seem to think it's only three quarters baked. Uh, having said that, Twitter has come out on the Mac thanks to Catalyst. So, hey, we have something. Um. um. Yeah, I would, I would refresh the listeners as to what Catalyst is, just in case people don't remember. That is a really good point. Um, so Catalyst is this new technology where you can port iPad apps to the Mac. And in theory, they should arrive on the Mac in a Mac-like way with a menu bar and Mac-like controls. And that is mostly true, but actually not completely true. And when you read some of the complaints from developers, you have things like, spinners for selecting things instead of drop downs i mean a drop down is a mac thing a spinner is purely an ios thing and the spinner doesn't even work with the you can't grab it with the mouse you have to use the mouse scroll wheel i, I mean that's just half baked like that's just not appropriate at all so you know there's a lot of detailed stuff from reputable developers basically you know they're not against the concept they just wish it did what it said on the tin and it doesn't quite right. do that yet um, right examples 
examples of apps that um, Apple presumably used Catalyst with is the Stocks app yes. and the News app that are now available on the Mac. Yes, so they are. Just... Yes, Apple have said those are Catalyst apps. Uh, and I think the podcasting app is, but the music app isn't, or vice versa. Um, I think the, I think the podcast one is is um, I think podcasts is catalyst. M- music is not because it's inherited a lot of bits from iTunes. Yes, it has a, a legacy, shall we say? Yes. Um, uh, I mean, the, the the big one. If you want to talk about an, a blatantly uh, and well trumpeted catalyst app, it's it's the the return of the Twitter app for Mac. Yes. Yes. Um, That's probably the most hope, high-profile, you know, third-party um, catalyst app is Twitter for Mac. It is the only one um, I've seen make any sort of news. And um, I've been using it, and I really quite like it. it it's not okay, perfect. It, it's not, um, you know, it, it's both blatantly not a true Mac app. But um, it's a pretty good substitute for a Mac app, and it's better than using the bloody browser to access your Twitter. Okay, well, it's cleared that low bar very well. <laughs> yes, but that you know, to be fair, that is the the most high-profile Catalyst app, certainly third-party one that's out there, and that appears to have uh, succeeded really quite well at yes. achieving what's required. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, we should also say that as well as 13.1 coming out for iOS, we also got iOS 13.2. And 13.2 is where they started backfilling features we were promised at WWDC that didn't make it into 13 originally. Um, so that includes the new Deep Fusion mode for the iPhone camera. And it also includes the return of audio grading. In other words, of human review of some Siri recordings. But we have control we have the ability to say yay or nay so that is finally the wrap-up of that kerfuffle uh, we also then get multi-user support on the home pad and siri home pod sorry and siri shortcuts on the home pod and unfortunately for a wee while uh bricked home pods actually bricked apple had to send out new home pods to people who were affected by this again small number but yeah. Uh, so there's a supplemental 13.2.1 which is for the HomePod users only to fix whatever bug was in 13.2.0 as I understand it they uh, issued it some people claimed you know or reported that their uh, HomePods had you know broken as a result Um, Apple pulled it um, very swiftly, and then replaced it with whatever the supplemental one was. But thirteen yes, two one some, yeah. two one. some people uh, had home pods that were yeah literally deaded. Yeah, which Apple replaced. <laughs> in fairness to you know. yes, they did. Yeah, no, to be fair, yes, they did. But you know, it's a bit like how did how did that get out of the door? Yes, you know. And then finally, mm. so thirteen point two is what we should all be on, and in theory, it fixes a whole bunch of bugs. Unfortunately, it also has some fresh bugs all of its own. At the moment, background apps are being killed extremely aggressively. I have been hit by this, and it is darned annoying for certain apps. Um, now this is. 
this is interesting because this is something obviously that uh, obviously I talked about this uh, on the show that I did yesterday with uh, with Nick, and it's not something that has affected me at all. Now that doesn't mean Good as for I you. said, and long may that said, last. Doesn't didn't you know? I'm not saying it doesn't affect anybody, but um, it might be that I don't do things which you know drain enough uh, memory on my phone for it to be a problem, but it's not something that I've seen any sign of, although lots of people are complaining that, yeah, 13.2 is super aggressively killing um, background processors. It's likely that there's a memory leak in a part of the OS, in a feature that you don't use and I do use. Well, that, there's also the fact that I'm on the beta program, so I could also be one step ahead. You may be patched, yeah. Yeah, I could. might already have, have like crossed that threshold and onto the next step. Yeah. It's also possible that some of the um, newer phones might not be as affected as well, the I'm older on, phones. I'm on a brand new shiny, shiny iPhone 11 Pro. Um, actually, Me too. <laughs> a- actually, <laughs> but, yeah. anecdotally, anecdotally, it would appear, um, and this is purely you know, from a very small sample, of yeah. reports I've read, it would appear that people on the very newest phones seem to be more affected than ah. people on the previous generation. Now, okay. whether this is something to do with, um, you know, the OS, uh, because of all the computational photography and all the rest of the things that uh, the newest phones yeah. can do, I don't know. And it's purely anecdote of a very small sample, you know, not statistically significant. Right. Don't, well, you know, don't... But the thing is, well, Simon, if that's correct, right, let's assume your theory is correct. It would explain why it's getting so much media coverage, because the people who are writing the blog yes. posts are the people who are on the newest phones because they're reviewing them. So the John Grubers yes. of this world would be extra affected, and that's why it would be catching quite as much wind as it is catching and that might also uh, might also explain why I, it's not affecting me because I'm on a 10R. Yeah, I'm I'm on the last year's phone. Yeah, right. Um, and therefore, it, uh, and as I say, this is purely a theory and a very small sample and anecdotal only. But it, it amongst the people I've spoken to or the reports I've read, it always seems to be people on the latest. 11, you know, 11, 11 pros who are complaining well, of it much more than people on the slightly older phones. Then I'll consider myself especially lucky because I have not had this issue. And I've also got a, um, an 11 pro. Well, yeah, a long way at last yeah. because okay. it's, it's, it's cranky making. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, I'm bet. sure it is. <laughs> um, the, despite all of this patch early and patch often, over half of the people who have iPhones are on iOS 13. So even when Apple don't do a particularly good job executing on their updates, people are still applying them. So I, I think one thing we have to bear in mind is that a lot of tech people, as you just pointed out, a lot of tech people often push the envelope far more than if you like, you know, Joe Soap user. So, um, you yeah, know, my, but it made the Irish radio is... news. iOS 13 yes. was buggy oh, enough yes. to make the Irish, the RTE yes. Radio 1 news at five past eight in the morning on like a Tuesday. <laughs> like that, that people, should not people, people grumbling. Yes, people grumbling. That, yeah. that is for sure. But, um, 
I, I still think it's easy, you know, for the squeaky wheel to get the attention, as it were. Um, and there are probably true. that'll be true every enough. year, right? Yes, this wheel is this squeakier. Is, it is squeakier. I, I, I'm not denying that. Um, I'm not denying that it is is definitely squeakier. Um, and I'm not quite sure why I've had no issues because you know I've been on the beaters of everything since beta one and had almost no issues. Maybe I'm just incredibly lucky, or I don't do anything that's likely to trip me up. But um, yeah. I guess what I'm wondering um, is, I, I I don't think it's controversial to say this year's software cycle has been rough, mm-hmm. and there shouldn't yeah. be supplemental updates to the updates to fix the bugs from your update. Like, no. too far down the rabbit hole here. So, too far, yeah, yeah. When you put patches on your patches, then you, yeah, you. Yeah, know so you're in what, trouble, what really. went wrong? Did Apple bite off too well, much? Did, did Apple change something that their execution is off? So, I think this is my personal theory, my theory, to quote the Pythons. Um, <laughs> My particular thing is that there were two things. One, we had this weird situation where the betas changed from 13 to 13.1 before 13 was even out. Now, there's a lot of speculation about that to do with, you know, tariffs uh, and all that. So I suspect that 13 was closed off, put on phones and shipped even though it was actually only halfway through the beta period. Um, that's part of it. Yeah, there's and your patch then, early and patch often. But... And then you get into this cycle of your, your, you know, your firefighting because you haven't actually finished the development cycle properly. You are then trying to put patches on a not completely finished OS and sometimes you put a patch on which fixes one thing but breaks something else. That explain that could explain iOS thirteen. That doesn't explain uh, uh, Mac OS. So there's there's a bigger no. systematic problem here. That is also that is also possible. Um, Catalina Catalina is going from thirty two bit to sixty four bit. There is a lot of that. Yeah, I know, well, but personally... that's not okay. But that's not actually no. The the hard work was when sixty four bit support was introduced. All we're doing is removing thirty two bit support. So the hard work Ooh. was done a few years ago to add sixty four bit support. People having problems with the upgrade, though, uh, you will get some noise just from people dealing with that issue. It may be the less technical folks right. causing an uproar, but that doesn't but explain that... supplemental update ten point fifteen point one, like. True, true. I actually think the first article that you have in this um, in the show notes, and I would direct people to that, Six Reasons Why iOS 13 and Catalina Are So Buggy, that's a good article. That is a um, superb article, yeah. Yeah, so I would recommend people who are interested in, in how things go on. And the other another comment I would make about the whole scenario um, is that, first of all, I encourage – our people in the Mac user group, especially to make sure you do the patches quickly or upgrade quickly um, for security reasons. Okay. And then, and then one additional comment, I would bet inside Apple that there's a lot of um, unhappiness, shall we say about this and certain decisions that were made along the way, maybe, uh, and those individuals having made them might be uh, having many discussions these days. Let's put it that way. 
I so. hope that is true. If it, if it is, uh, if Apple think this went well, then we have a problem. No, I guarantee you that's not the case. I mean, I don't. No. Not that I. Not that you know. I talk to Tim on a regular basis or anything, but I would just bet you, based on people, you know, people that I know and just the talk in the Silicon Valley, that that's okay. not the case. That there's unhappiness there. That that is heartening because. Yeah. You know, people make mistakes. It, Apple has a track record of generally learning from their boo-boos. Uh, so if that's going to come out of this, then I'm I'm fine. Yeah. But if my worry is that there that Apple would be blinded to this and not realize how bad this has gone, and that would no. be the end. That would be really catastrophic. When no, they're replacing be- HomePods or or anything else because it's been bricked, that will get somebody's attention. Fair um, and then. Another another hypothesis, and this is just me guessing, educated guesses only, is um, th- these things are cyclical. It's like they they bite off big chunks and try mm. to get a whole lot done, and try to try to put ten pounds in a five pound bag, and then go, oops, that's too much, and then they back off, and then you know five years from now they again go, oh, but everything's been going so well. Let's be more ambitious, you know, well, see, uh, et cetera. So yeah, some problems can't be taken in nibbles. So catalyst isn't something you can do half of. Right. And the same is true of, I mean, catalyst is a a stopgap solution. The true solution is this new UI, the the new UI framework. Um, Ah, why have I forgotten its name now? It's not UI kit or app kit. Swift Swift UI. Swift UI. Thank you, Simon. Okay. So Swift UI is actually the future where you don't take an iPad, an iOS app and turn it into a Mac app, you build your app from the ground up with Swift UI and then you create, as you're building it, distinct UIs for each of the different platforms. So a watch UI on top of the same core, an iPhone UI on top of the same core, an iPad UI on top of the same core, a Mac UI, a tvOS UI, a car kit mm-hmm. UI. Every UI that matches, I mean, that, and that technology, that has to go everywhere together and that's just not a small project. And so some things you have to take as a really big bite. And this year, I think they kind of had no choice. So I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that 10.16 is going to be the Snow Leopard, the High Sierra, right. the let's take a year. To, cons, yes, that's exactly the word I was looking for. I was going to say digest, but no, no, it's consolidate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think of late, we've also... Um, certainly since Snow Leopard, we've got used to this idea that Apple do, you know, like the S TikTok cycle. Mm. You go Lion. Lion introduced lots of new features, lots of new technologies, whatnot. Yeah, and it broke a lot of things. Then we had Mountain Lion. Right. Yeah. You know, then you know. <laughs> all right, then we went Mavericks. You know, then it's Sierra. Then there's High Sierra, right? High Sierra is like okay, Sierra. We introduced a whole load of new stuff. We have High Sierra. Yeah, then I'm not go. sure it's quite perfect TikTok, but you're right. It, it, no, it's, no, but they, I, there's very much a kind of introduce introduce a load of new stuff and shout about all the shiny new features, and then the next year, yeah. Okay, not many new features, folks, but we're we're fixing all the things you're squealing about, yeah. and um, and and it's kind of a bit like that. And I know the S is a hardware thing, yeah. No, You've no, got, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, they, 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 
they seem to be doing this, make a big leap, next year fix the bugs, make another step forward, fix the bugs, which, you know, does is, is a slightly, it's very annoying in many ways. Um, and, you know, me and Nick um, said yesterday, you know, do we, particularly less so with iOS, because I think they've painted themselves into a corner with this thing, you know, new iPhone has to have a new iOS. But the Mac, do we really need to have a new Mac yes, iOS? I'm, yes, yes, yes. I'm glad you brought this up because I've been wanting to get on my soapbox about this. Right. You know, we well, didn't used no. to, we didn't used to. Have I know we didn't a Mac OS every year. I you know, know we, but we do box. now. I, I'm I'm climbing onto my soapbox here. I am climbing go on, up. Go get on your box, and I'm <laughs> I'm going to put my soapbox down next to you and stand on mine. Right. Okay. So, what is it that makes Apple's ecosystem so appealing? It is the fact that it is tightly integrated. I can copy on my iPhone and paste on my Mac. I can, in my Mac, go to preview and say, scan a document from my iPhone. Continuity, I can pick up where I left off. If they update iOS, which they have to do to get all the new hardware to work, then they must update the Mac. There is no choice here. Either you have this wonderful ecosystem that makes the, that makes Apple's products valuable, or you have biannual cycles on the Mac, and you don't have that ecosystem. Well, I'm sorry, but that's not the Apple I want. Like, they are, it is, right? The iPhone gets new hardware, it needs a new OS. That means the Mac needs an update. Now, you could argue they could bite off a few less optional features, but they have to go every year. It's just they need to maybe not take as much optional extras every year. I see, right. I'm going to draw up my soapbox next to you now, then. Okay. I, that, I'm going to get on my soapbox and say, yes, I understand that obviously, you know, they painted themselves partly into a corner with iOS, okay? And also something we discussed uh, yesterday is the fact that I don't think enough people understand that as you add more and more integration, it people get very upset when minor things break on what, what appear to be, sorry, what appear to be minor things might break, but they cascade because they affect all of your devices. Mm-hmm. You know, the days when your phone was your phone and your laptop was your laptop and your iPod was your iPod are long gone, right? If they accidentally mess something up on your iPhone, it will cascade across your whole ecosystem and become really annoying. And I've got a little story about that, which I'm, if we've got time, I will. I was because I'm actually going to but... hurry you along because we're on story. Right. Two okay. Or five. We, we, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> what I'm going to say is, I still don't think it's necessary to have a whole new Mac OS every year. They would not prevent them from having a Mac OS update. I mean, you know, once upon a time, we used to have System Seven. System 7.5, System 8, System 8.5. Okay, unfortunately, so, you know, right, yes, there's a problem but, uh, with that. Go on then. You cannot have breaking changes on point updates. If you're going to change APIs, you have to do it on whole version updates. And remember that Apple keeps security updates on two versions back of macOS, so you do not have to move. But you cannot introduce a breaking change, right? If you do a breaking change on a on a on a fifteen point five, that's worse 
than having a buggy 16. Because if you're on the 15 branch, you're now stuck there and now you have a braking change. Whereas if Apple do a poor job of 15, we'll stay on 14. So it's actually okay. better this way. All right. I, 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 yeah, I see, I see your point. Good but point. what I'm saying is, do we really necessarily have to have a whole new... Yes. You can't have new APIs otherwise. From a developer level, you cannot have new APIs unless you go to a new version. You you have to have that distinction so that you can have your different a, a, your updated APIs. You have to have updated APIs to be able to keep the tight integration between iOS and the Mac. They ha- the, okay. they're in such a tight corner. They have the only choice they have is to do less bells and whistles. Yes. Less then then, I, then, then yes. in that case, obviously, I'm not a programmer. I'm not a developer. So that's. So my point would be, do we really need, if you like then, so many bells and whistles every single year? Can we not? And I agree with you completely. What, we Basically, I think there's too what, much ding-a-ling-a-ling here. Yeah, what we, what we need, <laughs> yes, okay, what we need then is, as we move along, can we move along at a slightly more snail's pace, as it were? You know, hare and tortoise, could we... Just it's not slower, Simon. It's not slower. No, no, it's not slower. No, no, no. Smaller steps. A step every year, but shorter. Shall we? Yeah. Okay. Shall we not try to add so much Chrome? Shall we just this? We are introducing this lovely new feature, which everybody wants, and that means we we have to alter iOS and the Watch OS and the TV OS and all the rest of it. And this is something what. Nick and I said the more I don't think enough people understand and probably I don't even understand well enough that the more integration you have the more careful you have to be that what one step doesn't break everything else yes yes you are completely correct in that completely correct and that's why they have to step every year I guess what I'm saying is to some extent do we even really want to have these huge step breaks you know could it not be a little bit more rolled, you know. We just no, 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 no. You have to have the steps, or you have chaos. You need to have those steps where you okay. can have the breaks in the API. It's, you just don't need the extras. Yes, it's less right, Chrome. So it's, I think I think Chrome. we're in, less, in agreement. Less Chrome, less less. Uh, uh, all right, yeah. we're just okay. I mean, right. obviously, you know, I'm, I, gonna, I'm not a developer. I'm not a programmer, but uh, fine. What I'm saying is, yeah, less flash, more steady development and absolutely and i completely agree and just to sort of one final thought on this and i am moving us on um yeah so definitely there are there are two models that you can well, there are many models but two very common models for software are you decide on the features you are going to have in the next version and then you release that version when the features are ready which is the old approach which is why you would sometimes go two and a half years without a mac os update and then there's the other right. approach which is you have cutoffs and you ship what's ready at a given time every year. And that's a judgment call where you decide in probably April what is going to be in the next OS. And my hypothesis is that this year, when Apple made that call months before WWDC, they got it wrong. They bit off more than they could chew. And they should have held some features back for the next loop of the cycle. And right. if the lesson they learn is that next April or March, when they're having the, the, this next conversation again, 
that they have a more realistic expectation of their own abilities to deliver and that they lock in a smaller set of features that they can deliver. And I, I think I would 100% agree with that. I mean, the, the other OS that I follow with any amount of, um, you know, real interest is Ubuntu. And mm. they obviously have a kind of semi-rolling uh, They're in a six-month cycle, aren't they? Yeah, they have six months. They have 04, uh, well, they have a point four, which is April, and point ten, which is October. Which is also Microsoft uh, cycle, which is why you have 2019, 2019 03 yeah. and 2019 09. Yeah, but uh, um, with Ubuntu, they also do the thing which only every other one is considered a long-term support, and the one in between introduces all the new features and the ones that don't, you know, the ones that break or don't make it, don't make it to the next point yeah. four, I think. Which Apple, I think it's the point. Yeah. Apple are a little more stuck. They can't do an LTS concept because you have to this linkage with with, with yeah, the yeah. iPhone and stuff. So anyway, I'm I'm going to move us on now. I actually yeah, think yeah, we've come to agreement. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes, we. It have. was a fun conversation yeah, think... though, but I am going to move us on because it's getting late. Um, and it's getting late. Um, it's getting late. You're right. Apple released two new sets of headphones. Um, the first ones weren't all that newsworthy. They would have been a very short little asterisk in the show notes, which are new Beats Solo Pro. These are the first noise-cancelling over-the-year headphones that are made by Apple. And they look very nice. And as I say, there would have been a little, oh, by the by, here's a very overpriced set of Beats headphones you can buy. Don't they look pretty? Uh, and then, just as the month was coming to an end, Apple released the AirPods Pro. These are new AirPods with rubber tip thingy, so they seal into your ear. They have active noise cancellation, and they have this weird thing called transparency mode where they sort of let the universe in, kind of. And even their active noise cancelling appears to have an awful lot of intelligence built into it, where it will in theory, kill the background hum of the airplane you're on, but not stop the air hostess asking you if you'd like a gin and tonic. So there's a lot of clever going on here in these uh, new AirPods Pro. Um, and they have little rubber tips and they have a little magic sensor in them where they can tell whether the tips fit correctly. So they have three sizes of tips and they actually tell you that your left ear, you should use a slightly bigger one, your right ear, a slightly smaller one. And they're going to sell those replacement tips for a whopping $4, which is very unusual. But, of course, the yeah, actual, uh, the, the headphones themselves uh, are a bit more pricey. Uh, yeah. The, the, uh, as somebody pointed out, I think the uh, silicon tips are the cheapest thing Apple have ever sold. Yeah, cheaper than a cable. Um, yeah. I mean, their cheapest cable is the $7 um, Lightning to... USB-A, I'm guessing. No, it's a lightning, lightning to uh, headphone, three point five. Oh, the, sorry, of oh, course. Little... Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, and replacing a whole earpod pro is eighty nine dollars, which actually isn't bad. Um, that's not that much more than I think. It, is it seventy nine or sixty nine? Seven. I think it's seventy nine for the. I think seventy nine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Based on the fact that they're charging uh, two hundred and fifty dollars. Um, yeah, a bit eye-watering for me, but... Um, well, that's what know, I mean, not... right? If you take... So this comes with a charging case, uh, with a with a, um, a contact charging case always. So if you take the normal AirPods with the charging case, it's only $50 extra. That is true. Um, well, 
Oh, oh, yeah, I'm thinking of the original AirPods you without are. the charging case. That, that was a hundred and... Yeah, what, so they're $100 more than just AirPods without the, the Qi charging, and they're $50 more than the AirPods with Qi charging. Uh, and to be fair, uh, uh, you know, and again, something we, we mentioned, I mean, it's the same price as Microsoft Surface uh, earbuds. Yeah, I mean, this is an overpriced. This is in line with the market. If you're going to go to Bose or someone for a good set of headphones, you're going yeah. to pay this. And by all accounts, these are a good set of headphones. And, uh, you know, but from what I understand, you know, plenty of um, audiophile on-ear, you know, cans will set you back anything between three and $500. So, Yes, absolutely. No, these are not overpriced yeah. um, compared to the market. They are good audio drivers. And with that uh, w- H1 chip, they're very clever. So you pair them with one Apple device and iCloud will sync that pairing to all of your Apple yeah. devices. I mean, these are these are good headphones with extra coolness. So I, I think this um, is a very compelling product. I mean, they're not for me and they're outside my price range. But the one thing and the thing that actually intrigued me most, um, obviously, there's the, you know, active noise cancelling. Well, most people, I think, understand how active noise cancelling it, it it listens to the outside world and plays you an inverted sound wave to remove that sound. Um, or damp it down, actually, rather than remove. But yeah. Well, yeah, or remove. But they have... Uh, to me, one of the most interesting points is the transparency mode. Yes. Because the transparency mode is actually probably one of the cleverest parts um, of, the, of the, the technology. The, the transparency mode um, listens to the outside world and it, it actually plays that back into your ear and yet, as I understand it, the technology in thing like mixes it with the sound. So, because they have three modes, don't they? They have stuck in your ear in a normal manner, i.e., like any other rubber-tipped thing. They just play the sound into your ear. Mm-hmm. They have active noise cancelling, where it attempts to measure any sound that shouldn't be in there and removes it, mm-hmm. or or at least damps it down a large amount. And then the cleverest one for me is the transparency mode, where what it does is it listens to the outside world, plays that through. It doesn't simply just not remove it. It actively plays that through into your ear and mixes it with whatever you're listening to. And... um, and this is an active thing. It's actively listening to the outside and playing it through. And, um, for example, if you listen to uh, the Mac and Morph show with Carl Madden and co, uh, Dean, I think, said, it's, he goes, it's amazing. It's like listening to a stereo speaker set in, you know, in your living room. The active, you know, the transparency mode is like you've got the radio or your stereo on playing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's, I guess, it, it's some very clever tech where it's listening and adapting and playing back to you. And it's using yeah. similar sensor technology from the HomePod, where I guess it's it's treating your ear as a tiny, teensy, weensy little room. 
Um, and it's it optimizing is. the sound for that, that teensy exactly weensy little what room. It's doing because by, by all accounts, it has a little tiny microphone in there, which is listening to the sound inside your ear canal and actively adapting the sound. Yes. On which, the fly. So it knows what you're is, hearing. Yes. Which is like ludicrously um, impressive. Like impressive. It's complex. Like, yeah. And yes. And performed on a tiny, tiny little chip. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> in a, yeah, whatever, yeah. Yeah, so Let's move on. <laughs> I, they're, the, the reviews are universally positive. Everyone whom I know who has one is happy with them. Basically, the AirPods were a hit device. I see them everywhere. These yeah. do not seem to be a misstep. So, nicely done. Apple TV then launched on the 1st of November, which is, as we recorded this, literally just a few days ago. So I'm not sure there's much we can say, but we can give some factual news. Um, All of us who've recently bought a new Apple device get a year of free Apple TV+. Plus. Um, I opened my iPhone to find the notification saying, hi, would you like your free year because you bought that nice iPhone 11? And I was like, yes, please. And I double tapped the side button and hey, presto, I had a year of Apple TV+. Plus. Um. You can, if you don't have a new Apple device, you can save $10 if you buy for a whole year at once. And if you're a student and you buy the student version of Apple Music, you get Apple TV Plus for free, which is nice. Apple have now created a special Apple TV Plus press website so they can do their media stuff separate from their hardware stuff, which is probably wise. The Apple TV app has come to the Roku platform and has come to some Sony TVs. And finally, there's a link in the show notes to basically the ultimate guide to all of Apple's shows. So, um, it's it's also on the Amazon Fire TV, I believe. I believe that was, yeah, I believe that's a new story we talked about before. Yeah, um, <clears throat> they, they really are pushing this hard. Um, and now it's just a matter of people sitting down and watching the shows that are there. So I, I, I'm basically... I haven't had the chance to watch any yet. Has anyone on the call had a chance to watch it? I have. I have. I've, I've, um, uh, because my daughter has a new iPhone 11, we got a free year, so um, which was nice. If if we hadn't got the free year, I'd have checked out the seven-day trial, obviously. It's a one month, um, isn't it? No, seven days. Ooh. You get... You get seven days for Apple TV Plus. Um, that's your, all you get. Um, I've watched the first episode of C, you know, massively mm. towered because it's got Jason Momoa in it and all the rest. Um, I wanted to like it. It's a bit silly. I would have to watch more to see, but uh, to be honest, it's no Game of Thrones. That's I'm, You know, I know we're short time, so I won't. Okay. No, I, as I say, I think we'll talk more about this in the November show when, yeah. when we've all had um, time to digest. But, uh, all right, I'll cut it short. There's only seven shows. There's no documentaries. There's no music well, shows. There's, the there's no movies. Is that actually a documentary or is it well, a It says style? so in, in giant big writing on my Apple TV Plus genre, documentary. Ah, uh, Okay. Right. Well, I saw that and I saw the picture and I wasn't sure if that was a sort of, you know, one of those Disney-esque uh, live action type No, no, stories. It's, it's a documentary. They followed an elephant okay. matriarch for a year. Very good. Okay. Um, 
so far, the best thing I've watched was the uh, preteen show, The Ghost Writers. I want to watch the best Snoopy. one on there. I think Snoopy's going to be high <laughs> on my list. I don't like Snoopy personally, but oh, that's okay, a... okay, okay. Humbug. <laughs> my biggest problem, well, I'm, I'm sorry, my biggest problem with, with something so massively trumpeted as a huge launch is there are seven shows. Bit of a damp squib. That's my that's my real problem. Not you know any of the shows individually. What I like or don't like is different to anybody else. It's seven shows. That's not exactly an avalanche of content. We were proud. You know, we were, it's typical we for Alex. something. Well, we but we were promised something pretty spectacular, and seven shows is not really very spectacular. <laughs> It's typical for Apple. If you look at the launch of anything, you look at the Apple Watch when it first came out. Mm. You look at the iPod when it first came out. Give it some time. Oh yeah, no, we're all. That's, that's my uh, only comment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm quite happy to give yeah. it time, and I'm pretty sure that's why they're giving everybody a free year if you buy almost pretty much anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we'll actually, a free year, of course, if they roll the free year for a while they're actually getting themselves two years worth of um free viewers if you like i mean because if they roll that along even though it won't be everybody not everybody will get two years but you know what i mean if they give a free year for a year they've got themselves two years of audience yeah it's uh, have you have you sat down to watch anything yet linda I have not. We had uh, uh, a rather busy weekend, and that's an understatement. And uh, since it just came out Friday, so yeah, yeah and today's I Monday. Yeah, we're recording this on Monday, so literally yeah. it has been a weekend. I likewise haven't. I'm interested in. I say I want to watch Snoopy. I, I think Snoopy will be fun, and but I'm also interested in For All Mankind. That that sort of appeals to me. So yeah, but I say this time check next out, month. Check out the Ghost Writers. As far as I'm concerned, that's the best one I've watched so far. Cool. Okay, so let us finally get to Apple's Q4 earnings call. Um, as per usual, there are wonderful charts to put this earnings call into a broader context over on Six Colors. And the great thing with the Six Colors charts is they go back a number of years. So you, you can see how this Q4 compares to other Q4s because comparing a Q4 to a Q3 isn't very useful. Um, and, you know, the, the longer term trend is quite helpful. There's also a full transcript of everything Apple's CEO, Tim Cook, said on iMore. Um, we also learned from Tim, apart from the numbers, we also learned that Apple are working on a 0% finance offer for people who are Apple Card customers. So you can buy an iPhone at 0% financing over 24 months if you're an Apple Card customer and you also get your 3% back, which is kind of, you know, so it's like a minus 3% interest rate almost. That's kind of cool. Um, and Tim Cook has said that health is what Apple is will be remembered for. So that's certainly interesting. Linda, I will hand over to you to, to, to put a larger context on this one. Mm, okay. Um, not sure where you want me to go, but I will just say Apple uh, beat... Uh, so when Wall Street is always compares to, you know, a certain set of expectations, mm -hmm. just for a tiny bit of background information, that number when you see in the press that Apple beat Wall Street's expectations, the Wall Street expectations number is made up of a number of different people's opinions. 
So, um, yeah, so, so it's, it's, it's a, a conglomeration. Um, Apple beat on both top and, and bottom line, which means uh, revenue and earnings per share. Um, again, a, a bit of backdrop, the number of shares, Apple has been continuously buying back shares. So the number of shares out there is significantly smaller than it was, say, five years ago. So if you if you decide to do some research and you want to go, well, what did Apple make per share uh, this year compared with five years ago, same quarter, <clears throat> pardon me, for instance, mm. then the number... It's really not uh, an apples to apples comparison, so to speak, because the number of shares is significantly less. Okay, um, so just give me one sec here, Linda, to get my head around this, the maths here. All right. right. So, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is important. So, EPS obviously is not a good compare, but market right. capitalization isn't affected by this, right? Because market cap is the total value of all outstanding shares. So, as the number of shares goes down, the uh, the amount you pay for each share should, in theory, go up. So the total, if everything, if everything stayed the same, then the actual market cap would stay the same, but the market cap is going up. So the shares are going up more than accounted for by the fact that there's fewer of them. Well, your last statement is yes, correct, but Phew. it is a contributing factor. So in other words, the... Um, one of the reasons companies buy back shares is because they are taking the number of shares off the market. So, um, so yes, you're right about, about market cap, although eh, it gets complicated, but the market, <laughs> the market cap, let me just I'm go tangential here for just a second. Okay. The market cap uh, uh, figures are sometimes miscalculated because people are not up to date with the number of shares that are actually outstanding. So they go, oh, well, Apple has X number of shares outstanding and say they're looking at some slightly older data. If you're not to the penny update, you know, uh, correct on the number of shares outstanding and you can take the share price and you multiply it by the number of shares outstanding, then you're going to end up, um, you, you know, with an inaccurate number unless you're absolutely certain about the number of shares outstanding does that make that part make sense make sense and so how often does apple have to tell the world how many shares are selling is that just once a quarter um you know i don't know the answer to that i do know that the number you know like the 10k for this time does in fact tell you um um the number okay okay so the, every time they file okay. a 10k we have a an authoritative fact correct Correct. Now, um, eh, you could probably look some other places and see what they say and see if they show changes. Um, but I would—I have not tracked that, so I don't know for sure that those are updated on any more regular basis than every quarter. But they are, by the SEC rules, they would have to be updated, uh, SEC being Securities and Exchange Commission, the regulators. Um, so let me see. I was go. So you ask about market cap. Um so that's one way that market cap and what was there was another question in there because I there well were no like I guess so I, I guess what I'm trying to figure out so was like was it a good earnings the the impression I get yes. is that it was a good earnings absolutely outstanding outstanding um, let me let me actually let me take a look at the six colors uh, chart here for just a second let's take a look at that. Um, yeah, you, you, the the way you want to compare it is the total revenue 
and um, year over year. And he's, he's, of course, got it broken down. But you just want to compare it to last 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 Q4 fourth quarter last year or, or you could do the last two or three they always vary but yes the earnings were good the earnings were 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 well uh received the market um there's always so many factors so i'm gonna go off here for just a couple minutes right now the world economy is in tenuous shape um mm. germany i believe is in recession and germany is a very significant economy worldwide China's economy is down. America's economy is good, comparatively speaking, but it really is pretty lukewarm. I think our um, uh, our, our, our gross national product, GNP, is, uh, I believe, right around 2%, a little bit less. It might be 1.7 right now, which right. is not that great in terms of the growth rate, uh, if you look historically. Well, two so, is the target, so, right? Yeah, well, two is... Two Sorry, the target on average, target. but there's been a few years of, yeah. of low growth, so you should have a few years of high growth to catch up with yourself, but 1.7 is not catching up with yourself. Correct, and even two is a low number historically. So so um, some of the politicians were, were pushing for three or possibly even four, which would be ambitious for such a large economy. But China is like more, it's like six and a half right now, and it's, I believe somewhere in that ballpark and it's down from where it was a few years ago. Um, so it, so it, so the whole world economy is not doing that well. Apple in that context is doing comparatively very well. Apple is also considered a very stable company and it's partially for that reason, because Apple has the cash that they have on hand and extremely low debt. So in that environment, the stock is getting a lot of play. The stock closed today at 257.50, which I'm almost certain is another closing record high. Um, okay. so, at, so the stock is doing really, really, really well. So, uh, okay, so part- let me just consolidate okay, for a second ahead. to make sure. So because okay. Apple are not a company who are dependent on interest rates for their survival, they're a safe port as the world economy is a bit... Nee. Well, when you bring in interest rates, they're not dependent on it, but they are affected by it, but to a lesser degree than some other... other. Yeah, so they're uh, a relatively uh, safe port compared to a company that's heavily leveraged. Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially in a tenuous economic, you know, worldwide situation. So how do they guide? Because obviously I'm, I'm thinking if I was in Luca Maestri's position... And I was trying to predict what, what Apple would do for the next quarter. I'd be going, and what's going to happen to the trade war? Uh, so yeah, exactly. how, how was their guidance? Exactly. Their guidance was good. It was very well received by Wall Street. Um, <clears throat> it also, to my eye, had a fairly wide range. And that, I think, is the coverage for trade war. On the trade war scenario, um we we in the, in the U.S. we are approaching uh, an election year. Twenty twenty mm. is an election year. Uh, many presidents, and very probably this president, will not want a raging trade war going into an attempt at reelection. So well, yeah, because the last thing you want is to be in recession. As you're trying to say, I'm doing a great job. Let me have at it for another four years. And exactly, exactly. So very likely, uh, in, in a sense, China is in a a better bargaining position. I shouldn't say in a sense. China's in a better, better bargaining, bargaining position. Yeah. It's not position like, than like they were Xi, two Xi years ago. Is, is fighting re-election or even 
election. Exactly. Exactly. So there's an advantage there and, 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 and they are not stupid, you know? So, so in that sense, you, I think it's fair for the the market to be optimistic about where Apple is going. Um, in the, you know, so, and they talk about on the earnings call, they talk about four X meaning foreign exchange headwinds because the dollar is stronger than many other currencies when we send uh, when Apple sends products over to to you to Ireland yeah. or UK or China or any place, your price goes up because you know. And if you're going to do equivalent dollars, I, I noticed um, that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, so that's that's an issue. So there's there's uh, tailwinds and headwinds. Head that would be a mm. you know like a headwind slowing down. But the things that Apple is doing, I guess I make two comments. The things that Apple is doing about interest-free, um, if you get an Apple card, you get interest-free, uh, you can buy a, um, an iPhone interest-free, pay it off over 24 months. Those kinds of efforts, the trade-in efforts, anything that they do, the pricing difference, the the 11, the fact that the 11 is not $1,000, the iPhone 11. Mm. Instead, it's, yeah, that it's less. All of those moves are smart moves in a worldwide economy that is not doing very well and that is there's so much uncertainty. If you listen to financial news these days, the word you hear most often is uncertainty. People don't know what's going to happen. Yes. Um, and that that makes that makes companies hesitant to invest. Um, it makes companies hesitant to go out and buy a whole swath of new iPhones or new iPads or new Macs or anything else because they don't know if their profits are going to be good enough because they don't know what the trade scenario is going to be. They don't know who the president's going to be. They don't know whether or not the UK is going to do Brexit. Um, there's so many, yeah, you know, so many factors of uncertainty right now. So the world is is in a odd. I mean, there there are many times when we've been better off. So I'll stop there unless you if you well, have I was other. Questions. There's one more thing. There's one more thing I want to bring up before we move off the earnings. Um, so there was, I saw a lot of crankiness among certain analysts about the fact that iPhone, was it iPhone revenue or was it ASP was down? Both. Both. Uh, both in fact, both in fact were down. Yeah. Um, Actually, sorry, I should back up for the listeners. ASP would be average selling price. In other words, the mix of iPhone has changed. So more people are buying the cheaper one, but that's kind of like you were saying in this kind of an economy. Apple literally set their pricing structure on the iPhone 11 to do that. Right. The other thing I would point out is that, and I don't remember, and you you might, the exact date of when the iPhone 11s first came out, but it's a tiny portion two weeks of, of this quarter. quarter. I believe it's two weeks there you of this go. quarter. There you go. That's, I mean, so that's a tiny, so you don't really know, um, because on the one hand, you have all the enthusiasts going, oh boy, I get a new iPhone and ordering a whole bunch there, but and you don't know if that demand is going to be sustained into the next quarter. Yeah. Um, uh, but on the other hand, it could be just a tiny piece and it goes gangbusters. So there's lots of, um, again, uncertainties and un- unknowables. So does that mean um, we should look at the average selling price dropping as another symptom of the average consumer just being a little bit more nervous and deciding not to push the boat out this year? It could be it could be nervousness, uh, but consumers, at least in the U.S., the consumer has been the strong part of the economy. 
So it could be rather than consumers being nervous, more like companies who buy, like uh, the airlines who buy a whole swath of iPhones to put on every plane. So it could be more companies uh, being uncertain. Um, You know, again, multiple factors going, you know, going in there. And what what sort of struck me is that Apple have been planning for iPhone not to grow and in fact to shrink for many years now. And that's why they're pushing services. That's why Apple TV is such a big deal for them. Uh, Apple Music, all that stuff. That's sort of what they're driving at. So when I see these numbers, I don't panic because this is literally what Apple have been planning for. So am I right not to panic? Uh, I think you're right not to panic. I I would phrase it slightly differently because I don't think they're planning on the iPhone demand shrinking. They're looking for other ways like India, case in point, Mm -hmm. or for that matter, Africa, looking for new markets, looking for uh, doing the things that they've done with, um, was it the 5S that was the much smaller, more affordable phone? So they're expanding. The 5C and the SE went to. Yeah, the SE is what I'm trying to think of. Yeah. Um, so, so doing the SE, making the, the 11, the, the, the main phone, and then the, the 11 pro for those of us who want all the fancy features doing that expanding. So in other words, they're, they're doing phones over a larger, uh, price range. So they're going down market and yet still maintaining the up market, uh, right. phones. So all of those factors are, they want to increase that, that iPhone, um, number, so I don't think they're planning on decreasing it, but they are acknowledging and and making other st- strategic moves so that the um, uh, so that other other parts of the company can take up some of the slack on the revenue because the revenue is coming down. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. Okay. So because so, iPhone was at one stage like eighty percent or whatever of Apple's income, and that's very scary because you have one product holding the whole company up. So. The fact that the iPhone is taking a smaller share is probably a good thing on average. Right. It's, I mean, like everything, it has pros and cons, but yeah, for sure. The other, the other, um, two other comments, uh, Tim's comments about health Mm -hmm. to me are especially intriguing because I'm, I'm, it, it made me wonder if he's talking just about the, the Apple watch or is there something else? Some other factors, the fact that they're hiring in people. So what's what's going on with that? So looking out, because Apple has a track record of uh, star product, star product, you know, star product a couple years with nothing, star product a few years with nothing, star, I shouldn't say with nothing, but with updates. Yeah. So you, you know, starting with the Mac, starting with uh, the iPod, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the iPhone is, is of course the biggest. Mm. Uh, so what are they coming up with next? And, uh, the augmented reality, the rumored augmented reality glasses will do something. The health, um, area mm. will do something. So I'm, I'm very, uh, uh, optimistic and the way this, the market obviously is at this point too, which, I don't know that it's going to stay up there. I'm, I'm, it, it's almost a little bit too much. Uh, we may get a dip, but I think there's going to be, I think Apple is handling the overall situation that we are now in extremely well. I think Tim, I, I, my admiration for Tim has increased watching how he's handled the trade war situation and a number of other uh, things that he's dealing with at this point. Excellent. Okay. Simon, do you, do you have any thoughts on the earnings? 
<clears throat> well, um, obviously, uh, they're pretty much exactly what I expected. The the iPhone sales are flattening off, um, which is something everybody's expected. Um, Apple have done very well in increasing their um, uh, services revenue. Yeah, services revenue particularly. Mm. Um, if you look back... Uh, Tim said he wanted to double the services revenue by 2020. Um, they're pretty much on target for that. They're yes. looking to hit, was it 15 billion or was it 20? I can't remember. But um, whatever it is, they're well on target. They're not far off to hit doubling their initial services revenue by 2020. Um they're not small numbers. Most companies would be happy to have that in total. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, even if you look at the numbers, even the smallest number on that on that sheet is the iPad. Mm. And I, uh, off the top of my head, I think that's still was it four and a half billion? Uh, I can't remember now. It's that ballpark, um, yeah. It's, it's that sort of number. So that most companies just be happy to have that in total. Um, I mean, if you had that, you'd be you'd be laughing, you know, yeah. <laughs> really. Um, sure, the the iPhone is flattening off. Everybody expected that. Uh, anybody you know who follows it, these things yeah. knows that the the, the the smartphone market is just maturing. It's going to flatten. Yes. And That's the, true. the the thing that I that I find interesting is one word for it. But I remember when the analysts were in a panic because Apple was too dependent on iPhone. And now those same analysts are in a panic because Apple is not as dependent on the iPhone as it used to be. And I'm thinking, but you told them that they needed to not, and now they aren't. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, all right. So <laughs> here, here's where I'll, I'll jump in. Um, when we talk about the analysts, bear in mind that th- there will be some analysts that fit the profile you're talking about and others that don't, just to be... Yeah, know, no, there's really... plenty of sensible analysts, but it always yeah. irks me when the yeah. same analyst manages to yeah. do 180 without any sort of sense of shame. There was, yeah. there was there was an extremely good question because they talk Apple will talk on the earnings call about the install base, the number of people who have Apple products mostly iPhones. Mm. Um because those are the people that are the market for services and for wearables because I wanted to add yes. to Simon's comment about services doing extremely well wearables was the other outstanding category oh yes this, they were they really yes. grew didn't they they really yeah, grew for this quarter stunningly well so yes they did so so um the analysts want to know because apple is in effect using that install base for selling the services it's those people right. who are most likely to to go with apple tv plus to go with uh the the airpods etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm. So one of the analysts asked the question, is the install base itself growing or are you getting a higher percentage Ooh. of um, the dollars from uh, from a, a particular group within, say, that install base so that the install base is staying steady, yeah. but each individual is spending more money on the various services? And Tim's answer was both. That's healthy. That's a good answer. That's, That's a really a good, answer. good answer, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Very healthy. So, so, and those, so coming back full circle, those analysts that are asking, uh, what are you going to do now that 
the iPhone is not growing as quickly as it was 10 years ago or eight years ago, whatever, uh, what are you going to do? That's the answer. Right. Is services. But also the other answer, the other unspoken answer is going to be new products. Yeah, which they're not going to tell us about, of course, but I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. I I think it's also, sorry, I think it's also important to point out that even as the curve is flattening because smartphones in general are becoming a mature product is that the the um, number of new uh, people coming to iPhone right. is less. But there's a difference between we are selling less iPhones and we are selling less iPhones to new people to new people less quickly yeah. they are right. not you know apple are not in a situation where they are losing iphone users what's happening is it is taking them longer to get more new iphone users and that is because they you know there comes a point where you have practically saturated the market of people who are prepared to buy an iPhone. Um, But they have not yet reached a point where they are losing people. They are still, they are still gaining users. They are just gaining users at a slower rate. And and this is one of these things that, um, you know, some analysts will give you a scare story. Um, Other analysts will say, you know, you like you, Linda will say, you know, those who understand the market will look at the graph and say it is still growing. It is just growing less quickly than it was in the past. And all graphs for technology sales, you know, reach a plateau. You reach a point where there's only so many more people you can sell to. But you used the word uh, a couple of minutes ago, Simon. I think the key word is maturing, right? We That shape is normal, like... Yes, it's perfectly normal. The yeah, Mac perfect. went through it. The iPod went through it. Laptops went through it. That's the way it works. You have lots of change, lots of change. Replace every year, replace every year, replace every year. And then it slows down. I mean, if you have an iPhone 10, the 11 is nice, but it's nowhere near as big of a deal as the iPhone and the iPhone 3G. No, exactly. Or, or the 3GS. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> for example, if you had like me, okay, I went through the thing. I had to, I had the original iPhone. Um, for whatever reason, O2 were keen to get me to get a a three G. They were not so keen to sell me a three GS. But I went on to a situation where I went literally. I for many years I went literally three G, four, five, six, seven. Um, and then it was like, do I go eight or 10? No, I'll wait. Yeah. So I waited and I went 10 R. Yeah. And now lots of people are doing the same. And I, I, my, my pattern will be extremely similar to yours. You know, a two year cycle. That's now three, three years. Yeah. Three year. Yeah. I mean, I took the 10 R and I decided to take a three-year contract on that in order to keep my monthly outgoings exactly the same. 
um, I'm looking at the 11 and saying, am I, you know, am I regretting that? No, I'm not. Um, all right, three years is quite a long year, long time in tech, but I think I could hold out. And if I, if something comes along in the 12, quote, unquote, you know, um, if I was really that desperate, then I'm sure I could wangle something. But on the whole, I'm sure I could probably wait out for the, uh, let's call it the 12S. You know? <laughs> so so it, I just want to make one point about that. If the general economy, because there's a lot of people that would be just like you, Simon, on that. If the general economy were all of a sudden to start growing again in a very healthy, healthy manner, and all of a sudden you had extra money in your pocket, and you went, oh, I can afford this now because uh, my company has just given me a raise or, you know, whatever the case, the, the economy is up and people have more money. That's, again, when it would go. It, well, would, of course it, it, it would change. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, that's that's a, and then the stock goes up. So that's a I mean, lots of people miss that underlying uh, cause and effect, that specific cause and effect. Yeah. So go ahead. OK, well, folks, thank you. Pretty much for that. Um, it's yeah. I, I always like to get these things into into context, so I really appreciate that, both of you. Um, so thank you for that. I am going to wrap up the show with a few quick stories, just that I think people should be aware of. Um, not worthy of a deep discussion, but just you know, pop them in your back pocket. They're they're important. Um, the EU are continuing to look into Apple, um, in this case, anti-competitive market practices and abusive conduct regarding Apple Pay. They don't like the fact that uh, the NFC reader on the iPhone gets sort of Apple Pay get pride of place there. So they're investigating. Stay tuned on that one. We will almost certainly talk more about it at some stage in the future. Um, There's no point in mentioning again that Apple's market valuation or market cap reached an all-time high a few days ago. And Linda, you were saying they're likely to do it again today. So like you say, the stock is strong. Um. Apple have started selling Microsoft Xbox wireless controllers in their stores because, of course, you can now use them to control your Apple TV, which is... I kind of like this more kumbaya world where, you know, Apple is on the Amazon Fire Stick and Amazon stuff is on Apple TV and Apple is selling Microsoft Xbox controllers in the Apple store. I I like this world. So that sort of made me happy. Um, Apple have also added a new feature to the Apple card where they will provide relief to people living in disaster-stricken areas. They'll basically give you... You know, some free months without credit and st- or without interest and stuff, which is um, nice of them, frankly. Um, the Mac Pro, which we're still waiting to hear when it will launch, is now FCC approved. So I guess that clears the last obstacle we know of. But as we record this, no sign yet. Um, and just as we were going, just today, actually, news broke that Apple is investing $2.5 billion to help California with their housing crisis, which given that Apple is in California and Apple is contributing to that crisis by having high-paid people who need to live close to Apple in California, it is nice to see them contribute back to that. Um, Linda, I presume you're on the ground there. I presume you you understand I, do I? Do I? We badly need housing for people. We, our, our, our teachers, our police officers, our people who wait on tables, et cetera, cannot afford to live here. And I know several people who have moved out of the area because the cost of housing has just gotten so high. So we badly need it. It's a godsend. Thank you, Apple, for that. And, and $2.5 billion sounds like a lot to me. It, so, it sounds like a lot. It won't buy as much as 
you would think. <laughs> because the houses are each very expensive. Gotcha. Exactly. No, not as, not as much as you might think. Um, I, I, my only comment on that uh, very quickly is uh, guests I've had on my show who live in Silicon Valley, even people who, uh, you know, work for people like Adobe or whatever, have said that, you know, the situation in California is often that they cannot live as close to their workplace as they would like because right. the cost of housing is too high so right. when you're talking about fairly highly paid professionals working for large companies who are saying they have to move further out from silicon valley to be be able to live you know that indicates that there's a pretty serious problem yeah and yes. that's actually contributing to smog and climate change and all that kind of stuff because if you're forced to live a long way from work well then that means you're commuting Every single day. To be Ooh. to be fair, Apple and Google and uh, some of the other large tech companies have these huge buses, and they go and pick people up and drop them off at night. There's a lot of tech buses around the area, and so that does help. And those folks, of course, can sit on the buses and they have wireless, so they can do some work, you know, or or, or other things. Right. So for the hours that they're sitting in traffic, but go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I guess just another few little quick stories. Um, so Apple have picked up the CITI Outstanding Brand Award for their environmental work in China, which again is Apple being socially conscious, which is nice. Amazon Music is now on the Apple TV. Again, more of the Kumbaya stuff. And Adobe is all in on Photoshop for iPad with Illustrator going to join it on the iPad. So right. yeah, you say, that's going to... Um, and in, in fact, I believe, Bart, that um, Photoshop for iPod ipad actually launched today it did actually ship today you're right i should pop that into the show notes too um yeah so that that ipad pro is not just a content consumption device no no and the market market valuation closing today is now 1.14 trillion wow did a quick check it's not that long since we since Apple broke the one trillion for the first time. It's only a couple of months back. Yeah, I think that's um, yeah, a little bit more than that. I think, but that's they, been whatever. It was this yeah. year. Uh, they went, they, they went over well, they, it, and then they went under it, and then they went up, back up again. You know, right and right. Come see, come see, come see. Yeah, so but 1. it's at 1. a new high now. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh yes, that's a, that's a big number. That's a big number. Okay, folks, thank you ever so much for giving of your time. Um, it's, I, I took quite a lot of it today. We had a lot of stuff to talk about. It was it was a busy well, month for well, Apple. Um, very busy indeed. Simon, do you want to let the good listeners know where they can listen to your podcast, what it's called, etc.? Uh, well, obviously, uh, I'll, I'll keep it quick. Uh, look out everywhere for the Essential Apple podcast, which is me and uh, sometimes Nick Riley, a.k.a. Spligosh, who often appears on this show, and various other people and guests from the industry. And uh, that's about it, really. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Linda, do you want to give a plug for your wonderful Mac user group? Mac User Group, Silicon Valley, Mac User Group, uh, svmug.org. If you want to check that website out, if perchance people are listening and live in the Valley, check out our meetings because they're really quite good. We have Dave Hamilton coming up and also Joe Kissel in December. Mm -hmm. um, Dave Hamilton of uh, the Mac Observer and of uh, Mac Geek Gab. Uh, and 
on, let's see, what do I have here? Yeah, that's good enough. Let's leave it there. I mean, if I lived in the Silicon Valley, you'd see me. I'd be right there. We would love to have you, Bart. We would love to have you. Pretty with this minor thousand mile thing. (laughs) And and also the time zone. I've often thought of asking you as a speaker and I haven't only because I've went, okay, that would cause him to be up right in the middle of the night and he's got a job. (laughs) I do have vacations, Linda, so we might Ah. work something out at some stage. That would be awesome. We'll talk about that offline. We do, because I'm a bit of a night owl. Allison jokes that we wouldn't be nearly as good friends if I slept at sane hours. Uh, okay. All and, right. And, uh, if I might just, but for what it's worth, um, I am a member and for many years was a committee member of the Suffolk Mac user group here in the uh, East Anglia of UK. And, you call uh, yourself Smug. Yes, we do. We are the smug. <laughs> Very good. We are. And uh, the members are known as smugglers. Um, oh, nice. <clears throat> but yes, if anybody is listening and uh, is not aware of uh, the Ipswich-based Suffolk Mac user group, check us out. Just search online. You'll find us. Cool. I like that smug. Um Okay, um, you will find detailed show notes with links to all of the stories that informed my thinking on this month's Apple News over at lets-talk.ie. While you're there, you'll find big blue buttons called support the show. This show is 100% listener supported. We do not have sponsors. We do not have advertisers. You guys make it possible for this show to exist, and I am deeply grateful for that. Um, the most the, the sort of the most direct ways of supporting the show are Patreon. You pledge a small dollar amount per episode released. So it will be exactly two episodes per month, one photography, one Apple. So if you'd like to contribute five dollars, pledge two dollars fifty. You get the idea. And there is also PayPal, which is terrible for small dollar donations on a regular basis. Like the fee structure is really bad for that, but really good if you'd like to just, you know, throw me a one off, you know, five dollars, ten dollars, twenty dollars or whatever. That's really great. And it helps me to buy things like new software, new hardware, whereas the Patreon money is reliable every month. And that helps me pay the bills, which is very important that the bills get paid. Things don't work if you don't pay bills. Um. Also, there are affiliate links for Hover.com if you need some domains registered and DigitalOcean if you're looking for some Linux VMs or droplets, Kubernetes, all that cool stuff. That's all over on DigitalOcean. And also, plain old word of mouth is extremely valuable way of supporting the show. Tell your friends, mention it on the social medias of your choosing. It all really helps review and iTunes, all that stuff. It is all greatly appreciated. So there are lots of ways to help out the show. And thank you very much to everyone. Who does? I've been your host, Bart Bouchard. You can find me at bartb.ie. And until next time, happy computing. You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello everybody, this is Simon Parnell, the host of the Essential Apple Podcast, a show where we aim to take a wander around the week's news in Apple, news, reviews, technology, security, and anything else that catches our eye. Plus, from time to time, we like to have guests from the industry 
who we get to tell us about their products, their services, their history, their philosophies, what uh, drives them, and of course, just what makes them tick. That, plus a bunch of friends talking about the news in Apple. What more could you possibly want? Check us out on the My Mac Podcasting Network.